1: Hi, my name is uh, Erica Warfield. I'm with MetaGrowth Ventures. Thank you so much for having me on, Professor Pete. Um, Basically what I do, MetaGrowth Ventures is a company where we work with folks who ask us and retain us to build for them their very own, completely remote, completely accountable, and completely well-trained, 100% commission sales teams for them. And they do this because they basically want to step away from founder selling, They want to focus on the fun vision they had for their company. They want to increase their multipliers, and maybe they want to drop the fixed costs of draws and salaries. So they hire us to do all of that for them. Um, It helps them scale their monthly recurring revenue. And I think the best way I can describe it is we are like an outsourced VP of growth to scale them 10x in a way that's safe, smart, and efficient. And we do that by hiring your own 1099 team of contractors and then coaching those folks to earn six figures by the end of the year.
0: Erica, it's great to have you on the show and I love what your your company's all about. Question number two, what's the best thing about working in your industry?
1: Um, there's a couple of things, especially with your background in stress. Um, our performance coaches, if I look at them as a whole team, They've got about 94,000 hours of mastery level coaching experience. So when they're working with our clients' sales teams, they're working holistically. It's almost like having Michael Jordan's performance coach, so to speak. So they're making sure they're not stressed out. They're making sure there's no burnout, all the while helping them meet their KPIs as salespeople. So they're very much about, all right, how do we do this and not create more stress? but not break the client's system. So I think there's that aspect. And then for the clients, um, I love the fact that we're helping them put together an exit strategy. Because I don't think people realize if the company is dependent upon you as a CEO or as a founder, you are never going to be able to sell that company. You make a great CEO, but you are not going to make a great employee. And ain't nobody going to buy your company if you have to come along with it. Mm. So I think those are some of the, the really good things about what we do.
0: Oh and that's so insightful. I mean a lot of people don't realize that 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 it's, you know, yeah, you're not going to be make a good employee cuz you've been used to running your own own business. My goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Talk about stress for that person.
0: Oh my goodness. And for the people around them probably. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Anyway, question number 3. I have a fictitious book with all the answers for business. What chapter would you think most companies should read?
1: I think companies should probably read a chapter on creating a stress-free environment for their employees or their contractors. I think if you were to have a chapter in there for people in general, I think they should read up on things that um, would have to do with health. And how do they monitor their own stress levels? Um, Because I'm thinking about you and your background. I think if if there were a chapter that covered uh, how do you get into your parasympathetic nervous system and just try to stay there as much as possible and alternative modalities, um, I think that would be fabulous.
0: Mm, Well, thank you, and I appreciate the plug. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. Other than the generic work harder, have a great attitude, and care for customers, what advice or insight would you give to other business leaders?
1: I think business leaders in general could really take a page out of a copywriter's handbook, meaning I think they need to start addressing their benefits of whatever their product or services. I think so many companies are starting to focus on features and sometimes they'll focus on advantages, but the deal is a feature has absolutely no intrinsic value until the prospect assigns it a value. And the only way they do that is they have that light bulb moment of, oh, here's the benefit to me. So just cut to the chase, create value, get to the benefit. What is going to be in it for the prospect? Mm. Um, and just kind of stop wasting your time in theirs. I mean right now I think we're seeing a very prevalent culture on LinkedIn. It's it's all over, especially um and I'm speaking directly about the continual spamming we're seeing in the DMs. And it's, what that is, is a constant demand on a potential prospect without providing any value or benefit or whatsoever in the exchange. It is probably one of the, the most selfish ways to use the DMs. And I think, I think Brennan Manning said this best. And he said, in every encounter, we either give life or we drain it. Mm. There is no neutral exchange. Uh-huh.
0: And, you know, it's interesting that you say that it's an energy exchange is what what I hear you saying. It's, it, it's either you're a taker or you're a giver. And, you know, that whole spam uh, DMing on LinkedIn, I got one yesterday where it was the first one that I saw that uh, LinkedIn actually caught it as a Uh, spam because I saw it and then it uh, and like I blinked and then it disappeared and it went into a spam folder so I obviously LinkedIn has realized that there's a problem with that too
1: that's what that was that happened to me it was like somebody sent something and I thought I have no idea what this is but let me check out what this joker has I clicked on it and it was like suddenly not available
0: yep yep I I had
1: no idea what that was
0: uh, there's a spam folder now, and I'm glad for that. And I, I just disconnected from that person because it wasn't anything relevant to me. Not personalized, nothing. So, uh, you know, heed the warning, everybody listening. If you start spamming people, you are going to lose connections. Absolutely.
1: Oh, you could lose. I don't think they realize they could completely lose everything they've worked for on LinkedIn and lose their profile. I had one um, yesterday. It was the connection request. <laughs> the connection request was spam. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's so. it's even it, they. They didn't cut. You know, give any slack. It was boom right there. Oh my gosh. So oh well, they yeah. learn. They got to learn, and that's poor. It, it's it's a negative branding on them. So it's very insightful that you share that. That uh, Erica, thank you. Question number five: What other business leader, like yourself, would you like to acknowledge and invite to be on my podcast?
1: Um. When I think of business leaders, I I like to uh, make the delineation between a business leader and then like a servant leader. Uh-huh. And so I think um, those who would be really great servant leaders who would be stellar on a podcast. Um, I think our CEO and our COO of MetaGrowth Ventures that would be Josh Hirsch or Joe Arioto. Um, I would also recommend um, David Fichet of Go West Creative. I would recommend Rocco Silio of Rapid Funnel. I'm just gonna read these because I've got them written down. (laughs) Sean Marzolo of uh, Acceleron, Rodney Fear of D-Cube, and finally Eyal Cohen of Zentap. He is like this boy wonder C-suite executive. I think think all of those gentlemen would be great to have on your show.
0: Wonderful, thank you for all those referrals. I will, (laughs) I really appreciate that. (laughs) And our final question, question number six, please tell me about your first job.
1: You know, there there's always babysitting. Um, but I think if I had to go back to my first real job where I actually had to pay the IRS mm-hmm. out of my $3.50 per hour, <laughs> it, that would have to be when I was 15 and I was working at Six Flags Over Texas in the ridiculous heat of Texas on asphalt. 40 Ugh. hours a week. Ugh. 40 hours a week. That, w- that would probably be my, my very first one. And then a little bit later, right out of high school, um, because I, I was following a classically uh, trained musician's path at that time, um, I think within my first year out of high school, I was asked to come back and teach my former peer group at that high school and junior highs um, private clarinet lessons. And so that was a really fun gig, you know, as an 18-year-old to be teaching private clarinet lessons to uh, people that I had literally just gone to school with the year before, and then um, the feeder junior highs that were going into those high schools.
0: Mm-hmm. And I assume you weren't teaching them the the, the classical music uh, in the heat on the asphalt, right? It was indoor. So
1: that, that, that was marching band. <laughs> every summer on the asphalt practice football field with the painted lines, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to sweat just listening to this.
1: <laughs> it's yeah.
0: For having you on this show. How can people find you?
1: Well, they can find me on my LinkedIn profile, but also I just launched a website. And so I'm going through the different iterations as I recreate and add to, And but that's ericawarfield.com.
0: Great. This is Professor Pete Alexander with the Winning a Business in Life podcast. For more insights and ideas, please go to LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, or iTunes and search for the Winning a Business in Life podcast.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long